podcast network where the purpose of the podcast is to make me money uh, we keep it real here and i you know right off the top i want to make it clear to everyone that we're anti-hypocrisy that you hear from politicians that you hear from athletes uh trevor bauer is not signing autographs right because he only cares about the money people wouldn't get mad and make a big deal about it if he was clear like the way he is about relationships he's like I only want to screw women. I do not want to date them or marry them. He's being clear that way. He should be clear. I do not want to sign autographs, right? I'm here because I got a big contract for a lot of money. So we keep it real because we make money keeping it real. However, if you're the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. And sports betting is the one uh Gam not gambling, but investment, uh, protocol investment avenue. That's a collaborative effort because you are competing against the casino, the bookmaker, you're just, you're competing against other bettors. However, part of the money-making element is enjoying what you're watching, right? Part of the value equation that you can see pinned on my Twitter, I explain uh, with clarity the value equation. So every podcast, every Twitter video is a business meeting that has to have a purpose and an outcome. So the purpose is clear to make money. The outcome is 65, around 65, 66% regular season, 52.5% is break even. And you make money between the margins of 52.5 and between 70 to 80%. Conference week, we were 71% percent profit. NCAA, this is the worst NCAA I've ever had. However, I'm still at 55% and then hitting the money line uh, organ and hitting the side organ and doubling up um, my investment. I am at a profitable 55% for the NCAA tournament. However, we're still going to learn from our mistakes, right? And Chad Nolan, who's gonna be heating up an NFL camp pretty soon here, he's training, uh, has been kind enough to join me as we break down, last week we broke down the NCAA tournament, the outcome, right, has been profit. Because here we're about results and we're fortunate enough to have an avenue, even though this is a 
get rich, slow scheme, salesmen think short term, business women and men think long term. So this is a get rich, slow scheme, long term thinking is higher level thinking, right? But higher level thinking, smart thinking, situational thinking. So to break down this situation of the Sweet 16, we have CFL player, college football player, professional athlete, Chad Nolan on this podcast to break things down. Thank you, Chad, for joining us. Man, what's up, man? Happy to be here, Josh. All right. So we're going to do the Hawthorne effect because the Hawthorne effect, something that's used in business. I have a business concierge firm, MBA, securities licenses, clients worth 50 million liquid and above. And one technique we use is that whatever you track in detail and measure, you improve its performance by 50, I mean, by, uh, we want to improve our performance by 50% or 45%, but we can't get 100% this weekend. But you improve its performance by 10 to 20%. Actually, I did that the first to second day. First day, I was around 55%. And then the second day, the NCAA tournament, we were in the 70 percentile, or we were way up high. We, we did a 20% improvement. We want to do that again, uh, but we want to sustain it throughout the whole weekend from the Sweet 16 to the Elite Eight, right? And then really, in our eyes, uh, the Final Four will be relevant because we already locked in uh, uh, profit. What are your thoughts on that process, Chad? Um, yeah, you want to dive into a couple games or some, some stuff that we missed that we can kind of learn from? Yeah, um, I'll go first. All right. I'll be selfish and go first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right off the bat, uh, a game that completely – like Rene Descartes says, life uh, left unexamined is not worth living. Uh, and then sports betting is also really good for business because you can track your thinking where you're wrong. And men don't like to do that because it's embarrassing, it's humiliating, uh, it's supposed to be father knows best, you're supposed to know. Uh, but you gotta feel those feelings, work through, so you don't have unresolved emotions out there. And you think clear and you make more money with your thinking. Uh, I didn't listen to, and I talked about it on the last podcast, I did not listen to the hot girls that came up to us in Vegas and said, Bill Self does not cover worse shit. <laughs> And I did not listen to women. You got to listen to women who watch sports, man. You don't know everything. Uh, and I should have listened to them. I, I didn't think that the USC guards, their mid-major talent guards, would play as well as they did. But Kansas looked like a spent team. They were tired. Uh, and they showed nothing against USC. And they destroyed them. I know you watched that game. What were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty rough, pretty lopsided right away. Um, yeah, I mean, those guards played a uh, what Taj Edie and uh, what White or one of those two guys. Isaiah right, yeah, he he averaged yeah. uh, seven points a game and he hit like 20, 25. I guess. Yeah, I mean, those, he averaged those, about twenty points more than usual. Yeah, those two guys lined it up like they did. Um, 
you know, I think it speaks to the Pac-12 too, you know, just as a conference, you know. Um, they uh, definitely have been underestimated all year. And we've been, it's funny, those that are be lucky and good, I always pick this Pac-12 games to get that high percentage that we got, uh, close to 70%. And we've been picking Pac-12 games all year. And I've been watching the Pac-12 all year. And Oregon State, I think you've been on this ride with me as well. I think Oregon State's eight and one for us yeah. last time out. So we've been making a nice run, money on Oregon State games, including this weekend. Uh, and you got to look at corporate governance and you look at Bill Self who's won a national title. Uh, but you look at Leonard Hamilton, he's in the Sweet 16 again. Uh, Andy Enfield, right? He got married to a supermodel, Miss America. He became independently wealthy at a young age as an uh, MBA uh, CEO of a tech company and he becomes independently wealthy. He's bored. So he starts coaching. He's a shooting coach for Leonard Hamilton. And Leonard Hamilton's in the Sweet 16 and Andy Infield is. So this is the best coaching job Andy Infield has done. Best recruiting job Andy Infield has done, getting uh, the number one pick in the NBA draft on the inside that has really created uh, for him the shooting coach uh, an easier path for those guards to go through because <laughs> people are double teaming and very aware of mobile. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I will add too. I, I did though, uh, my record for the NCAA tournament right now is a little better. I'm probably about 67%, just over wow. 66. Woo. Yeah, so I had a pretty good weekend. Yeah, I think I was, 60% I is lights out. But I only probably faded maybe five percent of your picks on the size i just was i was playing more totals than you definitely throughout the, the the few days right because it's been a crazy and, a, and part of it is did you watch the news today uh no yeah me either this is the first time i haven't watched the news and i guess there's been some somebody shot somebody up at a at uh yeah at the grocery <laughs> store or whatever so i've been watching too much of the news and then you know i own three businesses <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had one of my bigger clients say, oh, I'm not interrupting the games for you. I'm like, no, you're like the, the big fish here. Uh, today I was working, you know, uh, the job that makes me the most money. And we were talking about gross margin profile of a company, man. So 67% when 52.5% is break even means that Chad Nolan's uh, bankroll got fat during the first four days of the NCAA tournament. Definitely. <laughs> nice. Nice. So then no, that's an awesome percentage. Most people are at 20%, right? Yeah. The fact that, you know, we're at uh, three times the percentage of the average person is, uh, means that uh, this is a business meeting when you listen to our podcast and you're getting information and knowledge you can't get anywhere else. I noticed a lot of people upset at all the sportscasters this week for not giving them information they can monetize. So that's what we're doing. And we're doing it for absolutely free. 
right? Because you make your living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Uh, well, that's some, ha some Hawthorne effect. We did uh, that Texas Tech-Utah State game first round, right? We didn't, uh, we kind of underestimated Chris Beard just as a corporate governance. Yeah, we didn't weren't looking hard enough at the corporate governance there in that game, and that was was one that we uh, we missed definitely that we had we had talked about. Then also, yeah, yeah Utah State's uh, coach he hasn't done anything ever. He played six guys in that game. Yeah, which you know, and you as a professional athlete, uh, you've been uh, to JUCO, uh, you know, Division Two FPS. You understand that even at those levels, you have the facilities. And you got the guys who can come in and play one two minute in a game. Yeah. I don't care what the bench is, right? I don't care how bad your bench is. They can come in for one or two minutes and give you guys a blow, right? The Trinkle at Oregon State has proven that. And I made the mistake of not studying that a little more and, and, and noticing, right? Because it goes both ways. You know, the corporate governance is good. And then the corporate governance is stupid. And that was stupid to only play six guys in that game. Yep. Yep, yep. And then also another one, too, the, the Loyola Chicago, right, against Georgia Tech. We did right. kind of underestimate. You know, we even talked about it. You know, I sent you that picture of Sister Jean, you know, that she was right. cleared to come to the tournament. You know, I sent you that. So, you know, having Sister Jean there, you know, praying over the team and, Right. Porter Moser is a great coach, and Crutwick is a legit, you know, big. Um, and you know, against a Georgia Tech team that didn't have, you know, one of their one of their top players, um, we, you know, that was one. And then also again against um, against Illinois, you know, we did talk about something we kind of missed with Illinois is you know a team that um, has made that big tournament run, you know, three days won that conference tournament. The co corporate governance coach, you know. What does the coach want more? Is he focused on that that Big Ten tournament more than the NCAA tournament? Right. Um, you know, and, and and seeing Loyola in that first game and just you know um, taking the points there. You know, fading Illinois. On and, that. and I knew that the coach of the university I graduated from, and it's these are public reports, and uh, I I tutored uh, the USF uh, football when JPP was there and basketball. And I did get reports of what was published about the NCAA violations that Antigua had. And he's the assistant head coach at Illinois. So I knew that even though they're extremely successful when the Big Ten uh, title has turned that program around, um, when you're high level against a guy like Potter Mosier, who he just didn't take a team to the final four, right? He didn't just become a coach of a blue blood university who had been doing well. He's, he's the coach and have everything in place. He built Loyola Chicago from the ground up there in the uh, Missouri Valley conference. And he's built that team from the ground up and they went to the final four. And now they have a great team in the sweet 16. So looking at that, right. The answer is, uh, we sh I should have done more research and really thought through the corporate governance of both teams and the journey they did to get there. Because uh, the Horizon 
or the uh, Missouri Valley did a good job of having their tournament early because their team has is well rested for the NCAA tournament. And that was a big factor. They were the more rested team against Illinois. And using the rest theory, right, we've been 100% on that, including Oregon having their game canceled and <laughs> having a lot more rest than Iowa and rolling Iowa. We executed the rest theory there and monetized it. So this is what we're about, information to monetize, processes to monetize, and we're privileged that we can do it now. All right? And then uh, we can go through some Hawthorne effect on some some games we lost that our thinking was pretty good, but we kind of um, right. there was some. It's a twenty percent luck factor. So in yeah. the Hawthorne effect, and especially in sports betting, you have to di differentiate games you should have done more research, games where your thinking was wrong, versus games that are the twenty percent luck factor. So you got you got some of those games dialed up for us. Yeah. So basically, we had talked about you know not kind of taking into consideration you know what teams that you know CBS and instead like is going to want to have win or kind of helps them. Like the first big one is Michigan, right? Um, Michigan in that LSU game, right? We we were on LSU, um, close game all the way through. We just saw some really bad fouls, foul calls towards the end of the game. I remember there's one and one charge. I believe it was that game where it was a, it was a flop and one. The guy, LSU makes the bucket. You know, it should be going to the free throw line. Instead, it's an offensive foul. Michigan comes down and hits a three, six-point swing. I mean, it was huge for the momentum of the game. Um, but, I mean, us just not realizing, you know, Michigan did play later. All these Big Ten teams were eliminated, and, you know, Maryland was playing Bama, and they were not going to do that. So, you know, Michigan was the Big Ten getting nine teams in the tournament. It was their last hope to get a Big Ten team into the Sweet 16. You know, and the committee allowing nine teams in and not having any in the Sweet 16 really makes them look like they did a poor job evaluating conference strengths when you have a team like the Pac-12 that, you know, they only let, what, I believe, five teams in and all right. five you know, four right. and we 16 and five should have been in. That's the next game. You know, we watched Colorado and Florida state, um, you know, we, and we saw it with Syracuse and West Virginia too, that ACC, they were trying to get, you know, that ACC, right. and, you know, Syracuse got a bunch of calls um, West Virginia game. We were on the right side of West Virginia. We should have got that cover and we right. got really robbed on that game. Um, the LSU game on Michigan and that Florida state, Colorado. And we 100%, saw that hundred percent. And then sometimes you have to, it's almost like rule number one, never bet your own team because you overestimate your team and sometimes you underestimate your team. Good friend of the podcast, Jim Coventry. Uh, during football season, I remember saying him saying, don't overcomplicate things. And with all these conspiracy theories, right. Uh, you know, moonbeams, switching votes, uh, all these, I've been over-checking my, my thinking on conspiracy theories, right? And I did not pay enough attention to the fact that referees blowing calls is not illegal. It might be immoral, it might be unethical, but it's not illegal. If they make a call to make the NCAA more money, it's 100% 
legal. And then you have conscience and unconscious bias. We'll give them a break. We might say they're making these calls unconsciously. Regardless, betting on this theory has made me a lot of money. So a sin is knowing something is right, but doing the wrong th thing intentionally over and over and over again. Hawthorne offense stops that. So Michigan LSU, LSU is part of the FBI scandal, right? And part of the FBI scandal, Arizona just went on probation. I went 6-0 and when the FBI scandal came out against the teams that were in it because they went 0-6 in the tournament. That was Auburn, Arizona, LSU, all of them. And all those calls, refs were making ridic ridiculous calls against them. And we saw that again in the LSU game. They had pro players on there, and they displayed it. They went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Michigan, and the only difference was the refs call. And we should have – now, should is a command where you never say – I never say – my wife, we've been married 17 years. I never tell her should, right, because that's a command, and it, and, it, and it really hurts relationships. So I say uh, I prefer, right? However, I'll give myself a command, right? <laughs> I should have factored in the refs in the LSU game, FBI scandal. That was 100% going to happen. Then CBS has a $3 billion contract, big contract with the Big Ten. And with the Big Ten losing all these games, what Chad just described was 100% going to happen in 100% uh, we've anticipated it in the past, monetized in the past. We should have done it again, right? Watch less news and think think the game a little bit through. Yeah, one, and then, uh, also, yeah. we did see that with the Big, big East as well, right? We kind of saw that technical with Georgetown, Colorado early in the game, but it didn't matter. Colorado was shooting out of their minds. Nothing rest right. could do about that. But then Creighton, we definitely saw in the Creighton-Ohio game, Creighton was getting all the calls, you know, I mean, Creighton really should have been knocked out in the first round against UCSB. Yeah, and I thank you because uh, you have to have fun watching these games. In, in a relaxed state, you think better and you process the game better. But I got to thank Chad because you were on that guard the whole time. And it was, yeah. a, the, it was plus six. You're, you're all over this play, man. Because it was – and that's – I have the good art of listening, man. That's why it's good to listen to people. Chad was like uh, – the Ohio guard is lights out. The guy's good, right? And then you're lights out on the refs uh, picking the flop calls to the team that's going to make the NCA more money, the most money, or the TV contract most money. It, I, it, I was laughing because I sort of got it was it was ten. The spread was ten. Ohio was making a run. They were they were playing good. The bench was come back, man. And your boy was coming in. Yeah. And, and you could tell he got the call on the ref. Was like, oh, I was like, oh, come on. He was like, yeah. I was like, man. Yeah. Oh, they, cut it to like, they cut it to like twelve. Yeah. Yeah. That game was ridiculous, man. That was a tough. That was a tough. Yeah. I mean, we had about three. Syracuse, West Virginia was ridiculous too, as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, but that you know that was uh, on its own on on uh, Saturday and Sunday though we had Creighton, that LSU, and that uh, Colorado Florida State man like watching those yeah. back to back it was that was a tough uh, trio to take in one day with those 
because it was like the it was one thing we missed that affected us in all those games, you know. But but that's real life, right? Um, I remember uh, my old Jewish mentor at AAA when I was dispatching trucks, you know, paying my way through college. He's like, Josh, and he loves sports betting too. Independently wealthy guy. He's like, Josh, there's very few things in life there are completely legitimate. So we make no excuses, but we understand. <laughs> Not everything in life is 100% up and up, and we plan for it. And then we think, okay, how are the refs? What what calls did the refs make is going to make the NCAA and that $3 billion contract more marketable? And what happens? That's how you hit 70 80%. And what I'll do is, in the episode notes, I will put a link uh, to the Tim Donahue book. He's the referee who was busted by the FBI for rigging in uh, NBA games, exactly how refs do it, right? And they do it subtly. There's only five calls in a game that can kind of switch the outcome of the game or switch the momentum, right? Uh, That one Georgetown game people can look up, that was to try to switch the momentum, right? Colorado was on a run. They were doing good, da-da-da. They call it technical. They get two shots in the ball. And Don, he goes into detail, and I'll write it out, how exactly they do it. And 95% of people can't change. So it's crazy that Scott Foster, who called Don, he 300 times or texted 300 times a day. What were they texting about, right? And Foster's still in the NBA doing the same thing. So you would think they would change and they would learn. There's so much money involved. They really don't need to do that. They haven't. They're still doing the things uh, that's been there doing for 20 years. Teddy Ballantyne was still coaching, uh, was still rushing games this year. I couldn't believe it. Somebody put it on Twitter. Uh, look at this, Teddy Ballantyne. I'm like, what? Teddy Ballantyne is still, uh, Higgins is still rushing. And to add to the shady behavior, and it's something that if they want to, not have people question their behavior. Tell us the ref assignments before the game. The NCAA uh, has decided not to tell you the ref assignments before the game. Why not? Be 100% transparent like we are. This podcast is more transparent than the NCAA. (laughs) Tell us the ref assignments before the game, right? So that's kind of crazy with the NCAA. So, yeah, no, you're 100% right. We picked those games correctly. We just did not uh, factor enough. And, and it's time. That's why it's invaluable, the, the help that Chad's giving me, because uh, we all have not, there's no one I know who's not busy. So the time factor, uh, breaking down these games, uh, is an issue and you have to spend the time doing your research and think things through right uh, we're blessed though that even though we've watched every single game we bet every single game uh, we got four on Saturday and then four on Sunday we have a lot more time to think these games through thoroughly right so I'm kind of going like two games at a time what are, what are some games that are jumping out of you Chad all right, so I know I'll just say the one bet, only bet I had that I took right away, I jumped on Bama minus five and a half. I think uh, 
think the, I mean UCLA's had the extra game and they are getting the rest now. I just think Bama offensively is just, you know, too powerful. And I mean, I just don't think UCLA's built to come back, you know, from any lead. If if Bama gets up 15 points, I mean, I I, I think, you know, UCLA's overachieved already. They've had a good season. I mean, um, yeah, so Bama, Bama really jumps at me. I think uh they just got more players in uh uh, Mick Cronin, right, who always does a great job. He's a great, tough Midwestern coach. Uh, he hangs his hat on winning on defense. And Alabama's just as good on defense as UCLA. But yeah. They're a lot better offensively, and they just got more developed, faster, bigger athletes that are mm-hmm. going to wear them down. The, Cody Riley, right, it's a, it's a key. And you yeah. see to slow it down. But uh, I see Alabama blowing them out. And, and I will say, I too, I got it at five and a half. I, uh, where I put my bets in, it's already up to six and a half. If you, anyone else out there listening does like it, I would recommend probably jumping on it now because I could see that thing getting up to seven, seven and a half, even eight maybe before poor tip off. Yeah, I got my minus six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there you go. told me that. I was like, oh, man, let me, let me jump in on that. Yeah. I minus six on Bovada. Uh, I think it will blow them out. I like Gonzaga minus 13. Yeah, I like that one too a lot. Gonzaga minus 13. And I forgot to look on Periscope. Everybody jumping on on Periscope, if you have a question, let me know. Jump in on the chat, and we will answer it for you. All right? Yeah, I was I was telling my brother last night, we were looking at the games, I said, you know, Gonzaga, anything under 13, I'm taking them. And uh, it was funny, the line came out right at 13 it was pretty funny yeah <laughs> also we talked about uh man oregon state with the six and a half points you know we think they can compete to win the game and um you know loyal's on a good run six and a half points is just a lot of points in this game and um you know we do think that uh you know oregon state will cover that and you know i think porter moser is a great coach crutwick is great um they're a good team. They play well, fundamentally sound, right? We saw that against Illinois, right? Just a fundamentally sound team. Um, but, uh, you know, the Oregon State has has those big bodies inside. They have the depth. We talked, they play 10, 11 guys. They have big guys inside to throw at Crutwick, those bodies. Um, you know, and their coach, too. We talked about their coach. He has uh, been in the NBA for uh, 10 years. Uh, as a big man and you looked up a bunch more information I think you can elaborate for the people a little more on that but you know he's a, he's underestimated he's a, he's a great coach and uh just as good as Porter Moser right he so. and, and he knows how to do more with less right no excuses he wins the big sky tournament twice at Montana where he played at Montana after you know playing in the pros uh and then he goes to Oregon State and we've been watching him for years. And there's been a couple Oregon State teams out there when they had Stephen Thompson. Thompson family has been great for him, right? Uh, Stephen Thompson, who played at Syracuse, great player. Stevie Thompson at Syracuse. Had three kids in a row have gone to Oregon. And a few of those teams should have gone to the uh, NCAA tournament. They got cheated. This year, they win the tournament outright. And even though... Uh, Moser is a Hall of Fame coach, no doubt. He took, uh, you know, Loyola of Chicago to the final four, right? I think Trinkle's just as good a coach. 
especially when Loyola's uh, strength is their big man and Trinkle's a big man and he played in, in the pros, what, 11 years in the pros as a big man. What does it tell you, right? He knows he's a great practice player. He's great at techniques to be in the pros that long. And then to coach Oregon State to a Pac-12 conference championship game victory and then subsequently all those teams go six and one we feel that should have been seven and oh if that colorado game was officiated fairly and then the other key is that oregon got production from 11 players against oklahoma state and illinois chicago only played seven games so what, what does that mean to us that uh, Oregon State has a strategic advantage the last five minutes of the first half and then uh, the last 10 minutes of the game? Mm-hmm. Right? And then, yeah. Also, too, we, uh, the total for that game opened up at 126. Um, it's down to 125 now. That was when we talked about that. Probably will maybe trend down to like 124. You might even see like a 123 and a half. Right. And I think we want, we were like looking to play that over uh, later, seeing seeing that number go down a little bit more. I think they can get out to a lead. Both can, can shoot the three pretty good. I mean, if it picks up at all, I mean, it's such a low number. I mean, the the over it's over or nothing for me exactly and, and especially if the game plays out the way i'm thinking that uh, uh illinois chicago's gonna have tired legs and then and then oregon's gonna start scoring and uh in turn moser's gonna have to put his uh speed game in there or mm-hmm. his best offensive sets he's gonna have to put them in uh to be able to outscore or try to catch up to Oregon to then take control of the game to try to take the air out of the ball. But sometimes it doesn't happen. Always they're, they're always getting close, getting close, getting close, but not close enough. Yeah. To take the lead to take the air out of the ball. They have to keep up and down and they lose by 10. So really, uh, if people keep betting, and that's the thing, right? Uh, Illinois just legalized sports betting. So you can't bet in Illinois for Loyola, Illinois, but you just drive 20 minutes to Indiana and place place your Loyola. So that line might get bigger. The money line might get bigger. Uh, I like Oregon State money line. What do you think? Oh, um, it'll definitely. I'll, I'll sprinkle 25% of uh, whatever unit size I'm playing. I decide on uh, definitely. Right. So that's pretty much been the uh, – games that I've looked at. Anything else jump at you? Um, we did talk about the Nova game, uh, Jay Wright plus six and a half. Um, you know, the way Jay Wright they, with five days to prepare. Huh? Yeah, five days to prepare the way they can just slow it down. You know, I think, I mean, they're going to hang in there till the end with six and a half points. You know, we that Nova's the play there. Oh, yeah. And Arkansas. Five Oregon. and a half point, get it to seven. Some East Coast uh, – New Jersey has a one with a B, billion-dollar handle so far this year. And we're only in March, right, uh, before sports got shut down the pandemic. They had a billion-dollar handle just on pro football. 
So what that means to us is that maybe that Villanova line goes down. People betting line in the Philadelphia, New Jersey area. So I'm going to buy the half point, get seven right now on Villanova. Jay Wright, four days to prepare. Yeah, also, uh, Arkansas Oral Roberts, we talked about a little bit. We still both need to do some more research on it. I, I, I lean Oral Roberts plus the 11 points, uh, you know, because Arkansas plays that fast pace that Oral Roberts plays as well. They're both really fast-paced teams, so they're not going to be intimidated or, you know, not wanting to play that way at all. Also, 159, the total, I mean, that's going to be – it's an over-or-nothing play. I mean, those teams shoot the ball, shoot the three, score it. Um, they're going to be up and down the floor. I mean, that, right. And something I like about Oral Roberts and doing a little research today, Oral Roberts has the leading score in the country. Yeah. The guy's scoring like 27 points a game. But when you watch him, and I have a video on Twitter – where I profile or Roberts, just looking at them really blindly and seeing that if they have the elements of teams to do upset, right? They had 22 who had the knack for offensive rebounds. Uh, and that guy gets 27, but you don't notice it because it's in the flow of the offense. Yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately they're going against Musselman, who's a great coach. And he has four days to prepare. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he has to disrupt that offense. Uh, but hopefully he's a little arrogant and just says, "Hey, we're just gonna we're just gonna do what we regular do. We play pressure man, and we're gonna have so and so on him to shoot him down. Because even if you have so so on him to shoot him down, that flow of the offense, other guys are gonna be open. So if you're overcompensate one way, he'll go. The, it's almost like in football, right?" where you give the quarterback two plays, you give chance two plays, and, you know, whatever defense they're in is wrong because chance is going to audible to the right play, right? Uh, I think the Oral Roberts offense is the same way, that if you overcompensate and try to slow this guy who makes 27 points a game down, it's going to leave some other things open. And I like the other guys on the team as well. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know his name, but he's got the long, poofy hair. He's a he's a pretty good secondary scorer. I mean, he he uh, if you overcompensate, he's capable to go off for twenty five himself. Yeah, and I like his attitude against Florida. I mean, no intimidation. He was going right at him. Yeah, yeah. yeah the that, over, you got to look hard at the over of that over, yeah. you know, because that could easily be uh, ninety to eighty or whatever. Yeah, easily, easily, especially if Muscleman just decides to just run out, try to outrun them you know beat them right. at their own yeah then i think the last one we talked about was michigan uh minus three with that big 10 bias and what we saw last week i think uh, we like michigan to get the calls late and, and <laughs> minus, minus three by that half a point get it at two and a half three is a key right. number and uh, get those calls at the end of the game and cover that that two and a half two and a half and let me ask you this question, Chad. Which alumni has the most alumni, right? Which university has the most alumni and has the most uh, per capita income out of any alumni group? I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess Michigan because that's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's Michigan. So their football team didn't do that good. They need them in basketball to go far, as we saw. And I think uh, 
LSU's might be the most talented team they play yeah. on their side of the bracket going up. And that's so in, in a little way, I'd see them like Houston, like um, like uh, the Tyus Endy played. Uh, I think you were born in 1995, but uh, yeah, barely. <laughs> uh, it was the second round, and it was the famous Tyus Sentney play, right? And then uh, I remember Herrick saying to everybody that in the second round, there's always one game in the tournament that's really close. You break through that, you're gone. So I think Houston got their close game last game. Michigan played the most talented team they played. And that win by eight, right, and the line was six, deceptive uh, because of those shady calls. But I think they're going to get them again. And like you said, they they they'll cover easily. Yeah, I'm 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 betting Michigan strictly off that uh, Big Ten CBS deal we talked about earlier. With a B, billions <laughs> of dollars, and what they're doing is not illegal, right? And I was raised a certain way, and I remember this uh, politician locally in the area. He's a Orange County Boards of Supervisors, Don Wagner. I only met him once, but he was a lawyer. He was like, you know what, lying not against the law. And I'm like, what? You're a Sunday school teacher, Christian guy, and you're saying stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're not doing something that's, uh, and we talked about it on the horse racing podcast, we have uh, Horse Racing True Crime. And it's a great podcast because uh, Mike Christianisi, he's 70 years old. You know, we've got 100, you know, 120 years of life, right? And we're giving insight into people. And there's people like him and I, we won't do something that's immoral, unethical, or illegal. There's some people out there and some refs, right, who will not, under any circumstances, do anything illegal, but they have no problems doing something unethical or immoral. So those contracts is with a B. Michigan has a $20 billion endowment. They have most per capita money to spend. They have probably a trillion dollars to spend, right? So that's why we're giving you uh, possibilities and action steps that's made us money, has made me money for 12 years. And the more I do it, the more money I make, right? Uh, Sometimes it sounds conspiratorial, but it's the real world. And the beauty of sports betting is if you're wrong, you don't make any money. But if you're right and it makes you money, right? That's the end of the argument, <laughs> right? Because whatever you think, if it's not making you money, then it's invalid. If it is making you money, then it is valid. Your final thoughts, Chad? Uh, I think I, I think pretty much, oh, we did a, uh... Man, me and Josh have been hitting the CBI tournament up with 4-0. Right. <laughs> out there. We got the championship tomorrow, Pepperdine, Coastal Carolina. Ooh, I, don't, the line, I, looked, I looked earlier before the podcast. The line wasn't out yet. Uh, there might be something out now, but, I mean, I, I think just off the bat, I kind of lean to Pepperdine if it's a low enough, not, you know, something three or four, not two. Uh, both teams, three games in three days. Uh, if we see a 150 on that total, I'm probably going to be hitting the under. Yeah, you know what they say. I say one of the rules, uh, and I'm gonna make sure I um post it tomorrow. We'll do this. We'll post it tomorrow. We'll post a little video. We'll post uh the pick on that game, 
And then I'll also post a link to the 10 rules of betting. One of them is uh, top 10 rules of betting is you do not invest in, right? A team you have not seen play. And we saw, you and I were texting each other during that game. We saw Appalachia State against Coastal Carolina in the championship yeah. game. And I remember how tired Coastal Carolina was. Semi, that was a semifinal in the Sunbelt semifinal. Yeah, it was a semifinal. Overtime game. Overtime game, and Coastal Carolina lost that game because they were tired. Mm-hmm. Pepperdine. That's what exactly what happened tonight, man. They pooped out. Yeah, Pepperdine. Um, overtime, BYU. BYU's a decent team. They, they did not show it. They, the nerves got them, right? The nerves got them in the first half against UCLA. UCLA got a, a big lead in confidence. Yeah. And they were able to close it out. So Pepperdine, uh, I like them in this situation, and they have a huge advantage inside. And remember, Lorenzo Romar was the assistant coach for Jim Herrick at UCLA 1995 when they won. The NCAA title. He recruited Isaiah Thomas, man. That great Washington. We want to talk about refs cheating and um, for marketing dollars. Lorenzo Romar got screwed that team with Isaiah. He had an awesome team with Isaiah Thomas. I forgot the guy they had inside. It was really good. He was like Sean Camp type guy inside Washington had. Played in the NBA for several years. Isaiah Thomas is still playing in the NBA. And man, did North Carolina, this is how shady this was. It was North Carolina playing in Greensboro in the NCAA tournament. It was like a home game against Lorenzo Romar, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas were making great plays. Isaiah Thomas filed out, and Chad Nolan's favorite uh, charge, charge flop. <laughs> charge flop cost, and um, they lost. But he's a great coach, and we're going to put money on him tomorrow. Pepper nine ways. So let know what the what the line is. Yeah. We'll put a link top 10 rules of betting. We'll put the link to Tim Donahue, how uh, NBA refs rate games that we've seen similar type behavior by NBA and NCAA referees this year. But again, it's not against the law. And they are making money they have what they call fiduciary responsibility i have a fiduciary responsibility because of the securities license i have so that means that if i give somebody bad advice and they lose money i'm liable uh possibly criminally but definitely civil liability for that right so if a ref makes a bad call and the NCA makes more money or the NBA makes more money, that is 100% legal. And even a court of law, they'll say that's what the ref was supposed to do because he has a fiduciary responsibility to the NCA, to the NBA. And most people, you're not going to hear this on CBS. <laughs> so we're giving you information you cannot get anywhere else. So we'll close, and I know Chad believes this 100%, because that's the way life is. There's two philosophies, and they both work, but we choose one over the other, right? We all do. We all choose which one we, way we want to go.
Both are valid, both make money, both do well. But the one we chose, size we chose, is that uh, salesmen think short-term, businesswomen and men think long-term, higher level thinking is long-term thinking. And Winston Churchill, who got us through our last crisis, this one is the pandemic. And he said during World War II, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening and watching the ESBC Podcast Network.